1: Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is going to be a little bit on the heavy side, but we hope that it's also encouraging because we're going to talk about gratitude and grief and holding space for both at the same time. We're personally walking through a, a week that is pretty sad. Um, Jesse, I think that's, I, I'm trying to think of a word to describe this week. Do you have a yeah. better word?
2: Um, heavy is a good, good word for it.
1: We said goodbye to Champ. Well, actually, we didn't know we were saying goodbye to Champ on Monday when you went to drop him off for all-day visitation. And then um, we got the word um, a few hours after you dropped him off that all the court order and paperwork had gone through for him to go back to his mom full-time. So we actually didn't get to say goodbye in the way that we had anticipated and Mm -hmm. we didn't know his last night at our home was going to be his last night. So it was kind of an abrupt ending. um, Although it's been such a gift because we got to have him um, to babysit him while his mom worked the next day. So I was so grateful for our kids to be able to get to have that closure and for us to be able to get to have that closure. So it wasn't Mm just so kind of cut it off like that. Um, But there's been a lot of sadness, a lot of grief in our home. And I know I personally have experienced some levels of grief that I don't know that I have gone through before, just some different things that I've felt that are really new to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning a lot from it. And We're just going to talk about that. I'm a verbal processor, and so I have found that processing through it verbally has been very healing for me, and I also hope— It's
2: been a really long week.
1: (laughs) There's been a lot of words, (laughs) Jesse. Jesse is not a verbal processor, but he is— the one who gets to listen to all of my verbal processing. So, we're going to do a podcast so that some of the words can I can verbally process here on the podcast to we already had to record a podcast, mm-hmm. so I guess hey, I'm using up well. some of my words today. And we wanted to just share because I know a lot of you are walking through hard things too. And we hope that as we share what we're learning and what's helping us and what we're processing through and how we're seeing God's faithfulness, that it can encourage you wherever you're at in your life and how it looks to hold gratitude and grief at the same time and the tension of that. But before we get to that, let's talk about some other, maybe more Upbeat things. We don't want this whole podcast to just kind of be heavy. Um, so we got to go to Kansas last week, Jesse, mm-hmm. which we did not know until pretty last minute that it was going to be happening.
2: Yeah we we wanted to make to make the trip, but with everything that's been going on with COVID and there's more restrictions on travel and our being able to travel with Champ, and we got approved with probably what three days before it was we Friday, got the fli- final Friday
1: afternoon we were planning to leave on Sunday but then we waited for the paperwork the official paperwork they had mm-hmm. approved it via text and we would have asked for we would have submitted our paperwork earlier mm-hmm. but because he was going to be from what we understood going back to his mom full-time before we would be leaving we were mm-hmm. just like well we're not going to have to We're not going to submit the paperwork because it's a lot of work on their end, and we don't want to just create extra work when they've got a lot going on. But in hindsight, maybe (laughs) we should have submitted the paperwork earlier than just, I think it was like, we put in the request maybe five days before. About a week, yeah. Yeah. So we we ended up leaving on Monday. And so driving, it's only... Ten and a half hours according to GPS, if there's no traffic, no road construction, mm-hmm. no anything. Right. But it always seems like we hit some kind of traffic jam, we road. We hit construction. traffic. We make
2: stops for the kids. And I mean, realistically, it was 14 hours.
1: Yes. And we did we didn't do it all in one day. We decided that we were just gonna shoot to try to go six hours per day mm-hmm. and, um, break that up into two or three driving sections, depending upon how the babies did. They did really, they did really, really well. well. I
2: was though. really impressed.
1: And I know I've talked about this on here before, but I'm going to mention again, the baby signing time YouTube video. Um, it's the baby signing time, volume one, 55 minute YouTube video that both of the babies absolutely love. They love it more than, you could turn anything else on on your phone, and they, a lot of times, they're not into it. Mm -hmm. But you turn that on. and Even the
2: audio. You don't have to turn the video on.
1: They just love it. So that was our saving grace on the drive, because whenever we would get to a spot where just both of them were really fussy, and they just, there was nothing else that was calming them down, just to turn that on. Even just the audio, and they would... I think every single time they calmed down. But for the most part, there was never any, they never cried for longer than, I think the longest stretch where we had where both of them were crying was maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And otherwise they were, you know, fussy here on and off, but they did really, really well. Mm-hmm. And um, it was good to get to go. Obviously there was there were a lot of protocols that we had in place because of the rising numbers of COVID. Um, and so we were, we didn't get to see family at all as much. And we had to kind of do it in a really creative way, but it was just good for our family to go on a trip. And I looking back and not knowing that we were going to come back on Saturday night. And then he was with his mom all day Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to be with his mom all day Monday. And we didn't know that, you know, kind of that trip that was going to be our last time with him as quote-unquote ours right um and so it was just a real gift I feel like God knew that our family needed kind of that one last week to all be together and we're just we're just really really grateful but we're also so so happy that he gets to be back with his mom especially before Christmas we were really mm. hoping it was going to happen before Thanksgiving um but for him to be back with his mom before Christmas um so it was a good week and there was just a lot of just special time together in the car, lots of good discussions and laughter. And we didn't really, we didn't get out a lot because we mostly just wanted to keep the babies in the car. So it wasn't like we did any sightseeing or anything, but we did drive through and see a lot of things. In fact, we went to, we drove through Kansas City and we used to live in the Lenexa area. So we drove and kind of took this um, tour of, nostalgia yeah, and went and saw the library that we used to go to and the Aldi we used to shop at and the hen house that we used to shop at and our very first duplex that we stayed in or lived in, I guess I should say Um, this was when uh, Caitlin was born. So we just had Catherine who was um, two and a half and then Caitlin. And um, so it was just really fun to get to do that as a family Let's talk about what's saving our life this week. Well,
2: you did forget to talk about
1: Wait, what did I forget?
2: The one thing that happened on the way home. You had a little visitor at your window.
1: Oh, yes. That you know, it's it's never ever ever boring. <laughs> we actually haven't told I haven't I haven't told anybody. So y'all are hearing this first. We haven't even told any of our friends or family. They don't even know about this.
2: I thought I told my family, but
1: okay. Okay, well I didn't tell my family, but It was, yeah. So where were we driving through, Jesse?
2: We were in Missouri, just in between Independence and Columbia.
1: Yes. And we're just driving along. And I was on my computer because it was, that was Friday, right? And so it was Black Friday. So I was up in the front seat with my computer doing the Black Friday, you know, posting and deals and all that. Um, And the kids were all busy doing they are different things and the babies were quiet. And I think we're, I don't know if you were listening to podcast or music or something.
2: I uh, don't know. It we was were, about, it was about, it had just gotten dark and it had just gone past dusk, And like, all of
1: a sudden out of nowhere, these flashing lights come behind us. And I look back and I go, are we getting pulled over? Yeah, it was. And you were like, uh, I was like, were you speeding? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. You're I, I, no. You said you weren't speeding, but you were like, I don't know.
2: I didn't know why we were getting pulled over. I because it was dark, I couldn't see that there was a cop behind us. But
1: apparently, he from what he'd he, been there
2: for a little while, he'd I think. been
1: following us, and um, yeah. So, but he was super nice. He came. He was up, a great guy. He came up to my side of the car because I was. He was obviously. So that was a little. Awkward, because I'm sort of like, I don't know anything about what's going on.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't either.
1: <laughs> but I guess we were going a little bit over the speed limit. He asked, he said that the speed limit had just changed or something. And he said, did you just come from Kansas? Because Missouri speed limit is 10 miles. It was like... Was
2: he it... just said it's a little bit more in Kansas than it is in Missouri.
1: But he was very nice. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Um,
2: I had just... Right before he flipped his lights on, I had just uh, looked down at my speedometer. I didn't even know he's back there. And I had just re- realized, oh, I don't have my cruise on. So I'm going to go ahead and, and go down to, I think I saw the speed limit was 70. So I'm going to go down to, and put my cruise at 70. So I was.
1: So you said go down. Go down. So, so I mean, it so was. I were. was at oh, 75.
2: And I think okay. one thing that. But only going five over generally isn't grounds for getting pulled over who was
1: the who was the the attorney who did like
2: well that's why I know that that, that that five miles an hour is okay
1: anyway he was very he was very nice I don't know he was very nice and gracious and I think because we had Tennessee plates that was maybe a little suspect or something but anyway he just came and As as soon as he came up to our window and we started talking with him, he's like, I'm just going to give you guys a warning. I just wanted to check your license. And I think he realized, oh, we have car seats in the car and we're just a family that's traveling. It was pretty obvious that we weren't up to anything but just traveling. Um, So yeah.
0: Didn't just last
1: week on the podcast, we talk about driving and didn't we talk about how I'm thinking we might have said about how, well, you didn't, I I said I was a granny driver and.
2: Granny drivers can still get pulled over for going less than the speed limit, (laughs) by the way. That's why there's a minimum speed limit.
1: I'm just saying, I've never gotten a ticket in my life. So just saying.
2: Well, I can't say that, can I? I got one dismissed. You've And I got a warning. Yeah, I think my only ticket was uh, was in an accident.
1: No, oh, no, no, no. No,
2: no, no, I got one.
1: That you got a ticket got, at that stoplight? Yeah. I mean that stop sign. It was.
2: I remember both. Okay, both of those were in law school.
1: Okay, I'm just saying.
2: That was a long time ago.
1: I haven't gotten a ticket.
2: Should have, but you didn't.
1: That is that is for the police officer to decide, not you. Okay. <laughs> What's saving your life this week, Jesse?
2: I thought that I had t- talked about this before about my using collagen, and that's. Something that I've started putting in my coffee, but
1: you talked about it, but you hadn't talked about the chocolate collagen, and
2: that's what you I have found you the say. same brand in chocolate, and it is good. I beg you, it's, it's, got, it, it's got Stevie in it, so it has a little bit weird taste to it, but it does taste kind of mocha ish. Ish
1: ish is very much <laughs> in your definition. Yeah. I don't like it, but I'm so glad that you do. And you put it in your coffee, and it makes your coffee taste like, to you, chocolate mocha.
2: It gives it flavor. so
1: And it's good for you. So, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't.
2: Don't diss it.
1: I, and, you know, well, I did try it. You, you yeah, know, yeah, I can't, I can't it say too. don't diss it unless I did you try, try it. it. Yeah. But you did try it. It yeah. wasn't good, but I'm glad you like it. And we'll put the link for that in the show notes. And I like the same brand, only just not the chocolate. The not
2: flavored. Even the not flavored does have somewhat of a flavor to it.
1: I found that if you put it in a large cup of the Dandy Blend or Mm -hmm. a decaf coffee or something like that, I can't taste it. But the other day, I only had a little bit left, and I mixed in with that, and you Mm -hmm. definitely could taste it. More concentrated. You need to need to make sure that it's watered down. Well, I was going to talk about the furniture that is on our back deck
2: that I got you for your birthday
1: that you did and that you and Catherine put together for me right before we left. And of course, then we had this cold front come in. So it's been freezing cold. It even snowed. Uh, That was a shocker. So I haven't gotten to use and enjoy the, the back deck furniture, the back porch, whatever we want to call it. I realized in the last episode, I said deck, it's actually a screened in porch, but Anyway, I'm very, very excited for that because that's something that I've been hoping for and wanting for the longest time on my bucket list has been to have a screened-in porch with really comfy furniture. And you got it half price from BCP. That's Mm -hmm. Best Choice Products. And so that's pretty impressive. And I'm very, very excited and grateful for that. One more thing that I want to talk about that I've just been loving this week is I got a sweatshirt and a t-shirt from Goods and Better. This is not an ad. Um, they just sent it to me and I just love it. And so I had to talk about it. They are a site that they offer really cute hats and jewelry and sweatshirts and T-shirts. Um, and their mission is to help kids in foster care. So, of course, I'm all about that. But then their products are just really cute and they have very meaningful messages on them. And I was very, very impressed with the quality and the fit and and the sweatshirt was very comfy. I am just picky because I'm a highly sensitive person, HSP, so uh, fabrics really matter to me, and so it's very soft and um, comfy and not scratchy at all, and the t-shirt, I really love the the, um, quality of the t-shirt. So in fact, I loved it so much that I went and I bought multiple t-shirts and sweatshirts today, because they were having a sale and I don't buy clothes very often. So, you know, I really, really liked it. So that's the goods and better store. And, and I believe that it is owned by, or at least Jamie from foster the family. Um, She has a very strong um, part in it. And um, I love following her on Instagram as well. So if if you are a foster family or someone who is interested in fostering, um, definitely follow or check her out. Um, that's foster the family blog on instagram and we'll put a link to both of those the store as well as her instagram in the show notes last week i also mentioned that i was going to give you an update on what book i chose to read to kirsten and i decided on Stuart little we actually have the eb white classics it's a book that has um three of eb white's classic books in one. And I think I'm going to read all of them to her, but um, it starts out with Stuart Little. And that is a book that I had read aloud to the three older kids um, when they were younger. And so it's really fun to get to read it to Kirsten. And the chapters are really short, so it's great for her age. Plus there are pictures and it's just a fun read aloud. So I've been enjoying that. So let's talk about grief and gratitude. We told you earlier in the show how You know, Monday morning, we said goodbye to Champ for him to go for all-day visitation with his mom. And then a few hours later, we get this text saying the paperwork is done and reunification is supposed to happen today. And he's already at his mom's house. And so I think for both of us, Jesse, that was, you know, we knew this was coming and Mm -hmm. we knew that it was very, very close. And we knew that the court just needed to sign off on it. And some paperwork needed to be signed off on by a superior. And then it was going to be happening. But we had no idea exactly when, you know, with how the system works. It could be. You know, it could be any hour or it could be sometime this month. We, we really weren't sure. And so it did catch us off guard that it was all of a sudden like, okay, it's a done deal and it's starting today and right. he's already with his mom. And I think for you, there was a lot for you to process in that yeah. moment. You want just to talk because, about that a little bit? Just because
2: of the suddenness of things, you know, and, and it's always when a loss is sudden that it's more difficult to process through um so uh, realizing that you know the plan was was to pick him up later that night mm-hmm. uh, from the visitation but that wasn't going to be happening so and that was probably the most difficult for me mm-hmm. um realizing that had to change my schedule it's not the whole changing the schedule but something that you were looking forward to mm-hmm. wasn't going to be happening
1: and then there was also this okay how do we break this news to the kids? Mm -hmm. Because we had really, really, really wanted to, you know, think of their hearts and their emotions in this goodbye. So then it's out of our hands. We have no control over this. And um, so we decided, should we text them at school? Should we wait till we pick them up at school? We, We just couldn't quite figure out what would be the best course of action finally decided that we would, we just felt like we shouldn't wait for, Mm -hmm. you know, it was going to be five hours before we were going to be seeing them. And we just felt like that was a really long time to know and not tell them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we texted, obviously Silas doesn't have a phone. So it was just the girls, um, which Silas then said, I'm so glad I didn't find out at school because that would have been really, really hard for me. So I'm grateful that God worked that out. Um, And it was just weird when, you know, every time when he goes for all-day visitation, we just look forward to him coming back and for him to not come back. And for us to realize, oh, last night was his last night mm-hmm. in our home as, quote-unquote, ours. Mm-hmm. And I was just so grateful, though, looking back because we didn't know. And yet, Monday morning, usually— Monday mornings are just kind of, you know, hard to get everybody out the door and especially to get all of his stuff together to go with you so that you can take him to meet up with his mom after school drop off. And for some reason I had, I had gone to bed early and I'd gotten up early and I just had this extra time and I'd given him a bath and I'd rub lotion on him and I would just gotten him dressed and I just spoken just all these words of life to him. Just really just, you know, how much we love him and, um, taking pictures of Him and taking pictures together with me and Him and just snuggled with Him. And I was just so grateful. It was like God put that in my heart and gave me that extra time so that it wasn't just—it could have been a morning where it was kind of rush, rush, get everybody out the door, and kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, sometimes there's kind of this tension in the mornings, and I'm just grateful it was a very calm morning. Um, I'm just so thankful for that. And then I'm also so thankful because— his mom said she, you know, when we texted her that day to kind of figure out, did she have everything she needed for the night? Um, she said, you know, I'd, I'd like for you to get to spend some time with him this week. And so that was such a gift because that's her call now. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we don't have a choice in the matter. We don't have a voice in the matter. And um, that's her call. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, it's just this weird thing of this role reversal. For the longest time, she didn't have much choice or voice in a lot of things. And it was the state that was making those calls and a little bit us as well, um, but mostly the state. And so it's very weird for it now to be, you know, she's she's the mom mm-hmm. and she's the one who's calling the shots. And um, so there's been, I feel like. Knowing that then we were gonna see him on Tuesday, we were so grateful for that. She asked if, if we could babysit while um she worked. And so I feel like on Monday, then once we had kind of worked that out with her, we had, oh, we get to look forward to Tuesday. But then Tuesday after, you know, we said goodbye to him, it was this, it just kind of really hit me because I made sure that everyone got to spend special time with him and got to really say goodbye to him and kind of have that closure. But as I was bundling him up and putting him in his car seat. You know, I just was crying. So I was thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to see him again. Mm -hmm. And you know, his mom had indicated to us that she wanted to continue the relationship, but that can always change. You hear Mm -hmm. lots of stories of that being indicated and then it doesn't actually pan out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just wanted to prepare my heart for this might be goodbye. Mm -hmm. And, So it really hit me Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. I just feel like I was in deep grief and this level of grief that I haven't, I don't really recall experiencing where I kind of felt sick to my stomach. I had no appetite, had this black cloud over me and just, I could just cry at the drop of the hat. And Mm -hmm. I did just cry a lot of tears, but, um, Tuesday night. In fact, I had given him a bath and I'd taken his clothes off and um, changed him, and I'd put his clothes in the hamper because I was going to wash them. And thought, well, hopefully we're going to see him again. I'm going to give him back to his mom. And I went Tuesday night because I was just so sad and missing him so much, and took them out of the hamper and just like held them up to me, and just like I needed to just have a piece of him to hold on to. And I'm not usually a real, what's the word? Um, sentimental kind of person, mm-hmm. but I realized that grief does things to you and brings things out in you that you didn't know that you had mm-hmm. in you. And um,
2: and and that's a, a normal response. I mean, you've never really lost anybody real close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the best way that I can, that I can describe the lot, the feeling of loss in this situation. Yet, He wasn't ours. He wasn't biologically ours, but he was part of our family for the last
1: eight and and a half
2: half months. I mean, I got up every night with him for two, three times a night Mm -hmm. for eight months, seven, eight months. And obviously that wasn't happening. That's one of the first things that went through my mind is when I sadness for that, but then realizing that I get to sleep.
1: But then the first night, I feel like the first two nights, we didn't sleep well at all because it was just this emptiness. I mean, he's been in our room Mm -hmm. every single night for months and months and months. And to not—he kind of has this, like, nasally breathing and, you know, to wake up and, like, where where is he? Mm -hmm. You know? And because usually any time if I would wake up and it was quiet, I'd be like, something's—like, is he okay? And I'd have to go check on him. And so to wake up—and it wasn't there. And it was just—it felt— I don't know how it felt to you, but for me, it was just this real empty. Mm-hmm. There was just this empty feeling. And I think for you, because you were the one who got up with him, I feel like hours and hours and hours that you spent just in the quiet of the night mm-hmm. up with him and you and he had just this special bond that he had a special bond with me, but it was different than his bond with you. And so I think the first night for you, I could be wrong, but that was the hardest. That's when it really yeah. hit you.
2: Yeah, the first night was. Because then the second night is when it hit you. Yes.
1: And I was really grateful that the first night I felt stronger mm-hmm. and I was able to encourage and comfort you. And then the second night, while I'm bowing my eyes out, then you were feeling stronger right. and you were able to encourage me. Mm-hmm. And so I was grateful for that. But I think one thing that's been very helpful for us is just to be open and honest about our feelings.
2: Mm-hmm. Just talking about it. And you're not taking no for an answer.
1: What do you mean, not taking no for an answer?
2: Um as in No, I'm fine. I I don't need to talk about anything and then
1: Oh they you, you won't take if, no
2: for an answer and yes. keep digging and
1: Well, in a loving way. Yeah. But because you tend to be someone who will just kind of bottle it mm-hmm. up or or not just you maybe not even aware that you are I don't know sometimes I,
2: bottling up, but then also sometimes just not as necessarily being cognizant or aware of But
1: maybe, um, or not allowing yourself to acknowledge. Maybe that's a better thing. I don't know. Cause I'm yeah. not you. I know for me, my tendency is to, you know, feel like I need to be strong and brave for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I will stuff my feelings down. I'm mm-hmm. not Feelings are not something, I'm more of a facts person than a feelings person. And so I'm really challenging myself to allow myself to hold this grief and to not, you know, like when I was thinking, I just want to pull this clothes out of the um, hamper and just hold them and smell them. My natural tendency would be like, that's ridiculous. Why are you doing that? But instead, one of um, my friends, she's a fellow foster mom. She had just told me as we were leading up to this do whatever you need to do as you process this grief. And I knew that what my soul needed, what my heart needed was go pull those clothes out of the hamper and hold them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to not be like, that's really weird. Um, but to just be like, no, that's, that's what I needed. And um, in fact, I I haven't washed them. I put them away in a little drawer and I'm like, so then I can just pull them out and they still smell like him so allowing myself to be open and honest about my feelings and then also recognizing how i am processing. So one thing i noticed is that i was really struggling to do much in the way of work, mm-hmm. but i was wanting to clean the house. <laughs> and so our house has honestly been cleaner in the last week than it's probably been in months. Like i i just and i and i know that some of that is because it feels like so much of my life is out of My control. So it's like, but I can clean my house. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily think that's a super healthy way of coping because, in a sense, I'm trying to control, but at the same time, allowing myself to just be like, this is how I'm processing and I'm acknowledging this, but I'm still, it's okay for me to clean my house. Um, And
2: one thing I was thinking of, you, you had mentioned something about it, allowing yourself to feel the grief. And do these things that may not seem normal to you, but they are normal. They're a normal response that wanting to have that connection is a normal response to grief. And one of the real important things, just to kind of step outside of the you know personalizing it here, when you're going through a time of grief, it's important to acknowledge it, to let yourself feel that and to process through it. Because if you don't do it now, shortly after you first experience the, whatever the action was that, that caused the grief, it's going to come out sideways a lot later on. And you may not even realize that that's the case because I've had that happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it catches you completely by surprise. So process through it now when you're in the midst of it and heal. And that's so important.
1: Well, I think that one thing as we were, we knew this was approaching is really thinking of all of us are going to process this in different ways. And some of us are going to be faster at kind of working through it Mm -hmm. or working through parts of it. Certain parts are going to be harder for different ones of us and certain things are going to hit different ones of us differently. And so giving permission and grace mm-hmm. to everyone. I know for some of the kids, there's, I mean, I feel like all of us, we've had moments where there's been anger leading up to this and there's been frustration and we've, um, you know, it's come out sideways in in different scenarios and to give grace. And I feel like that's a thing for both of us that we've been trying to do for each other mm-hmm. And then for the kids to recognize that, you know, we want to process this in a healthy way, but we're not 100% healthy people. None of us mm-hmm. are. We all have some dysfunction in us. And so allowing space and grace for all of us as we work through this. And I think for me, when I'm feeling that sadness and that black cloud coming over me, something that's been really helpful is to focus on the good. Mm-hmm. And remind myself of the truth. and so I've just been playing worship songs on repeat and actually ask on Instagram for people to send me their best playlist and I've been compiling my own playlist of songs of hope just to remind myself of the truth because I don't want to get kind of stuck in mm-hmm. this pit of feeling sorry for myself or, you know, feeling like in some way. Letting the grief somehow turn into some kind of bitterness right. or something unhealthy.
2: Definitely. Because grief and loss, is, it, it's normal. And it's, it's a normal aspect of life. And I think one of the best things that you can do, you were talking about it earlier, is to have gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude, I know that's a cliche-ish, but that's a really healthy way of not coping but processing and working through that grief because you feel that grief should signal that you should be grateful for something with, uh, in regards to champ or who, whatever the loss might be or the loss that you're experiencing is. And it will help heal that and come out better so that you won't have that despair or woe is me because everyone experiences it. we We're all in this together, and the best way to we can encourage each other and and come through it together is by going over those things that we're thankful for, that we're grateful for, and and the great memories that we experienced it, that we experienced together, or that we will be going through.
1: Well, and I think also you know, and looking for the good, seeing how God's love is showing up in tangible ways and reminding each other of that and allowing other people to minister to us. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at receiving. Um, I always, you know, talked about how I want to be the strong and brave one. I am, I'm here to help you. I love helping other people. But to humble myself and allow myself to be helped by others is a posture that doesn't come naturally to me. And in this space, I've been really working to allow others to just reach out and minister because I need that. And it's been really, really beautiful. And to see the people of God just come around our family and love us in very tangible ways through you know text cards cookies ice cream food queso okay, you know that sort of thing and and just checking in how are you what can we do you know what do you need today just and giving words of encouragement and it's just been such a gift and we've just felt so carried and prayed for through it and i think for our kids to see god showing up in tangible ways and mm-hmm. seeing Others love us well. And I think then it inspires us to say, we want to make sure that when someone else is going through a hard time, maybe that we don't know how to, you know, this is a hard thing because it's like people are like, I don't know what you need. This is, you know, it's not like you lost a child, but yet you did lose a child in Mm -hmm. a sense. And so what do you need? How can we come alongside you? And that just reminds me that even if you don't know, how to reach out to someone, just reaching out and even acknowledging that is a gift for you to just sit with someone in their space of grief and say, I'm here and I'm with you. And so that's been such a gift. And so I think allowing myself to feel those feelings of sadness and grief and yet knowing that doing that doesn't negate the goodness of God and that my circumstances do not change God's character, and to remind myself of the truth of who He is and seeing His goodness and His faithfulness in the midst of the sad, and to be able to hold both grief and gratitude together at the same time, and to sit in that space, and to sit in that tension, and to be okay with that. It's been a really beautiful thing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for letting me especially verbally process through this. It's it's healing for me. And we'd love to hear from you. If you are going through something right now and you could just use some extra prayer, send me a message. I love to hear from you. We love your messages. I'd love for you to email crystal at com. It would be my honor to be able to pray for you. And if you have ideas of great worship songs to listen to or things that have helped you as you have processed through grief, We'd love to hear from you as well. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.